It's a story, it's a story that we find in four verses in 2 Kings chapter 4. And it starts this way, it says, And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land. Now Gilgal wasn't just another place on the map for Israel. Israel was a place of significance. Gilgal was a place of significance. Gilgal was a place of memorial. Joshua chapter 4 talks about them crossing the Jordan River into the promised land that God made a way through the water and Israel moved on through into that place and and in Gilgal they set up 12 stones taken from the river that they had just walked through and those stones were to serve as a reminder to the children of Israel of what God had literally brought them through. Those stones were there and as parents would pass by, their children would ask, what mean these stones? And parents would have the opportunity to communicate, well, this is where God brought us through. You see the impossible river to cross. God made a way in the middle of nowhere and we came through on dry ground. We came through with every tribe. We came through with every family and we walked into the promise that God had prepared for us Jordan was a place where, where it was an obstacle, but Gilgal was a reminder about what God had done with the obstacle. Gilgal was that place. It, was, it wasn't just a, a place of mo- memorial. It was a place where the renewal of the covenant happened in Joshua chapter 5, how that Israel <clears throat> circumcised their sons and celebrated their first Passover in the promised land. It was a place where God said he would roll away the reproach from Egypt off of Israel. That's why Gilgal means rolling. It's a place where God literally rolled the reproach away from Israel. How, how that, that place became a memorial to Israel because he reminded them, let's have our first Passover because Passover was when we came out of the Egypt land. Passover was when we stepped out from under Pharaoh's thumb. Passover was when I made a way in the middle of no way. Gilgal was the place where God rolled away the reproach from Israel. Egypt had they had lived with that reproach over their lives. Now they were slaves to the bondage of Egypt, but now God had made them free. Now God had given them a promised land. Now they were in this place called Gilgal, and God was rolling the reproach away. I just think that we might need to continue on in the vein of where we have been in this service and remind everybody that God has done some great work in our lives, hasn't he? Anybody know that God rolled some things away in your life? That God rolled some things off of the reproach that was over top of us and God reminds us that he has brought us into a place of promise. I I like Gilgal for that reason. We get to live in freedom. We get to live without the stain of sin over our life because God rolled the reproach away. We don't have to be defined by what we were. We can be defined by who we are because God rolls the reproach away. I I need someone to just get a little hold uh, hold of that this morning. the, The old song we used to sing, I remember when my burdens rolled away. I had carried them for years, night and day. I took them to the cross. Come on, the cross changed it all. Jesus turned it all around. And and then we begin to sing, I am so happy since my burdens rolled away. We talk about it. Come on, we talk about it. We got to remind ourselves sometime. We we get too comfortable in Gilgal. And we got to turn around and remember the stones. We got to remember the reproach. We got to remember what God has brought us into. We are living in promise because God rolled the reproach away. I feel the help of the Holy Ghost here this morning. 
We got some testimonies in the room that refuse to be silent. We got some testimonies in the room about some people that remember what it was like, but God turned it all around. God rolled the reproach away. You can't find it anymore because we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're alive today. We used to sing that song, and it's like, Sins, my burdens, rolled away. I don't know who... I don't know who started doing that in the middle of the song, but I think it was because they may have looked around and saw someone that just needed a little reminder. They looked around and they saw someone that just needed to remember. They just said, I'm going to slow it down for a minute so we can remember what God has done in our lives. I remember. I remember. Gilgal was a place of worship. And Gilgal was a place of the prophets. And in this dearth that's in the land, in the famine season, we read that Elisha works his way back to Gilgal. And he meets with these prophets. The sons of the prophets were sitting there. The, the school was in session. And here these sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he, he says to his servant, <clears throat> he, said, he said, listen, I, I want you to, to get a pot. You know, sometimes... Sometimes it's good for us to, to take a look at our ideas about what God's going to do and about what God is able to do. That's why we need a reminder about what God has done in our past. When God rolled away the reproach, we need a reminder because God did some great things for us in our past. And God hasn't diminished his power in our present. we got to remember that, that God has done some miracles. We've got to remember the Jordan rivers that have opened up for us. We, we've got to remember those burdens that have rolled away. We've got to remember what the taskmaster's whip was like in Egypt, but now we're standing in freedom. And, and so when it comes time for us to celebrate what God has done with God's people, we, we just got to, anyone like know that Pentecostals like to eat? We, we, we like to eat, so sometimes when we're, we're in the middle of celebrating, even though there may be famine in the land, and, and even though gas may be a buck eighty-one per liter, we'll still decide that, that we want to get together with the people of God. I'm not gonna point at any. Yeah, carry on. We I was gonna talk about politicians, and I'm not going to. Not gonna. It's not fair. It's not, I don't know enough to talk about it. But we got to remember that sometimes it's just worth it. No matter what's happening in the land, it's time that, that we make some preparations for what God is going to do. I, just before we transition to this next part, let me, let me give you this little phrase I wrote out. Your praise for what God has done in your past is the primer for what God is going to do in your present. And it will frame your future. That's what I want to talk about. Your praise for what God has done in your past is a, is a primer for what God is going to do in your present. Right here this morning, God is priming us for what he's about to do. The church isn't on a downhill slide. It, it, it's not becoming less. It's not diminishing. We know that the church is on her way up. 
that the church is on her way in to growth, that the church is having revival. That's what we're preaching about this morning. So when we praise God for what he has done in our past, it's a primer for what God will do again in our present and in our future. But it's easy sometimes to get our mind on the dearth in the land. If there was ever a time that there's famine in the land, it's a good time to go back to Gilgal because you remember what God has done in your past. And, and I love Elisha in this moment. He says, get a pot. And uh, <clears throat> he says, get a great pot. Now, we don't need small pot mentality. Because sometimes we've decided that Sunday morning is going to it's just going to be contained in this pot right here. And we've all, we all have ideas and we all have uh, expectations. We've, we've all got <clears throat> some level of certainty of what's going to happen in our services. We're routine enough to do that. But I sure hope that we are confident enough in, that, that in the leadership that no matter who's in this pulpit, if the Holy Ghost begins to move, it's about time for open session for what God wants to do. And I, and I think that even though there was famine in the land, Elisha in that moment, he said, get a great pot. We don't need small pot mentality. We don't need little dreams. We don't need limited vision. We don't need something that we can contain or control with just a single, come on, just a, a single little effort. We don't, we don't need to limit what God has for our future by coming with a small pot mentality. But it, it, it's good for us to examine what we're, what we're containing God's promises in sometimes. It's good for us to take a look around and say, God, have I limited what I believe you can or could do? What kind of pot have I brought to the people of God this morning? What kind of pot have I brought to the service today? What, what kind of pot am I, am I limiting to what happens around me? Am I limiting to what song they sing or who's going to be in the pulpit? Am I, am I limiting God this morning with the size of the pot that I brought? What kind of pot did we bring to the service this morning? Because I think it's good for us to remind ourselves about what God has promised won't fit in a small pot. You know, one tribe will fit in a small pot, but every tribe, you're going to need a great pot. One kindred will fit in a small pot, but every kindred, you're going to need a great pot. One tongue will fit in a small pot, but every tongue, you're going to need a great pot. One generation will fit in a small pot, but every generation, you're going to have to get a bigger pot. You're, you're going to have to open your eyes and, and see what God sees. You're going to have to get some bigger ideas. You're, you're going to have to get your pot mentality examined. One generation, it's going to fit in that small pot, but, but if you're going to see every generation, every, come on, every Every tribe, every nation, every kindred, every tongue won't fit in a small pot. So sometimes you got to say, I'm going to get myself a big pot. What size pot are you planning to fill this morning? Because the parameters of our promise won't fit in a small pot. It's a multi-generational promise. It's old men and young men. It's not just one gender. It's 
male and female. It's young men, and then there's servants, and there's handmaids. There's rich, and there's poor. There's young, and there's old. And, and if you try and get everything in that promise in a small pot mentality, it will not fit. So sometimes we get to go back to the drawing board and say, you know, I think I've been limiting God with my idea about what he's going to do in this service. I, I've been limiting God in my idea about what he's going to do in our future. I, I've been limiting God with what he's going to do in my family. I, I've been limiting God with what he's going to do in my workplace. I, I, I think that sometimes we just kind of got to put the small pot away. I think we got to get the small pot put away because end time revival will not fit in a small pot. It's time to pick up the tent pegs and move them out a little bit because what God is going to do won't fit in what we've got. We better start extending the borders of our ideas because miracles have always brought the masses. Healing has always filled the house. And none of us like miracle territory. I don't like receiving phone calls from rattled grandmothers. I, I don't like the concern that I hear in voices sometimes. But here's what I do know. Is that when we step out in that territory, that's miracle territory. Because it won't fit in a small pot. you got to get a bigger pot for that kind of idea. Macy, I love what you've been doing with your dad. She said, I just got the oil that you gave me. And I've been pouring it on a handkerchief. And I've been going in and anointing my dad with oil. Why? Because that pot of idea that limits this, us to the doctor's report is too small small but when we get God's idea at work and when we get prayers working then it opens our idea to a greater pot it's a greater idea get a great pot don't get a small pot get a great pot and see what God is going to do you may need to tear off the roof when you get the right mentality you may have to crawl through the crowd because you've got a large pot Mentality. You may need to get here early because there's only so many seats in a service. That's what I'm talking about. We're talking about, come on, we're not talking, we're talking about not limiting God. I, I, wish, I wish that we would just expand our idea about what God could do in this service right now. I, I mean, I, I, wish, I wish there was some parents because when that, when that need came to us this morning, the burden came along with it. And it hasn't lifted yet. I'm still trying to navigate that and work through that. But I'm wondering if there's just a mom somewhere that you remember a bad report, but God turned it around. Is there a dad somewhere that you remember what the doctor said, but all of a sudden God moved? I, I wonder if there's just someone in the room that would stand with me for a minute and say, we're just going to push the boundaries back for a moment this morning. We're just going to, come on, we're going to put the smile pot away. We're just going to believe God for a miracle right here, right now. Angels can move faster than helicopters. I'm believing that God could do it in this moment. I'm believing that God could let healing happen. I, I just need someone to get a hold of a promise and bring it into our present because I don't want to live in God this morning. Come on. Why art this thou disheartened, O my soul? Hope thou in God. Get your hope directed in the right direction. Come on, steer the ship this morning. Hope thou in God. God, our hope is in
in you right now. We know what we're hoping for, but we're, leave, we're leaving by faith that a miracle is going to happen. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment. Come on, someone cry out the name of Jesus for a moment. Jesus, we're calling on your great name. Jesus. God, we release your healing virtue right now. We release your healing virtue right now. Every need. God, every name. Every issue. God. Come on, we're almost there. Someone just begin to clap hands and believe that God. Come on, that able God is moving and working. Ha. Amen. Bring, take that to your seat this morning. <clears throat> what, are we, what are we doing today? We, we're pushing back against that small mentality. Elisha, don't you know it's a famine? <laughs> don't, don't you know there's a limited supply? Have you read the Daily Gleaner yet, Elisha? Have you read about what? There is for lack. Have you read about what we're missing? Have you have you read about have you read about how nobody's got anything? Have you read? Have you read that? And I said, Yeah, yeah, I have. But I, I need a great pot. I need I need a great pot. And and I I know that Elisha was there in that place called Gilgal. He was he was leaning back on the successive generations that had a successful history and heritage. He he was leaning back to his mentor because he had seen Elijah call on the name of the Lord and God fed him with ravens. He had saw Elijah call on the name of the Lord and the miracle of the barrel and the meal and the cruise of oil did not fail. He, he leaned back on those promises that God had provided in the past and now God was going to provide in the present. 
He leaned back on the word that had said, borrow, uh, you know, what God had done. And, and he had exercised in his own life, borrow vessels, not a few, because God is going to keep the oil flowing until every borrowed vessel was full. He had already seen God work, and he was not going to step back and just have a small pot mentality. He said, get a great pot. Get a great pot because our world needs a great pot. Get a great pot because our world right now in the midst of famine needs a miracle like we've never had before. Get a great pot. So CCC, the challenge is coming to you today. Don't live with a small pot mentality. Get a great pot. Amos said that there will be days that would come. God said it, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. There's going to be that kind of famine. But in the midst of that kind of famine, when that famine is moving in, then the church is moving up. And the church doesn't have to have a small pot mentality. The church can say we've got something great to deliver. The church can say we've got something powerful that our world needs. So we bring the card out. I went looking. I, I didn't want small, small pot mentality. We, we wanted a big pot mentality. We, I don't know if I could feed everybody here with what we got right now. But we don't need church with small vision. Come on, we, we don't need, we do, it's time for us to put the small pot away. All right? Is it, is that okay? Is it? Is it all right for us to say it's time for us to start believing that God's going to do some miraculous things? Is it okay for us to, that when we hear the reports of impossibility, that something happens in our spirit and we begin to say, I think that's opportunity. I think that's a place where God's about to do, to do the miraculous. I, I think that's a place where I'm not limiting God. I'm going to open the door. I, I'm getting ready to open the floodgates because I just have this idea that, that God is going to do something miraculous. I've, I've got, I've just got that idea. We need, we need some people that will reach back like Elisha did to those stories with Elijah and get a hold of some of the promises and say, you know, it's about time for us to get the big pot out, even in spite of famine. It's time for us to start preparing to sup. It's about time for us to prepare for a feast in the midst of famine. It's time for us to prepare what God is going to do that's great, and, and we just kind of start adding to the pot because oh, where are you getting all that? Don't you think you should just kind of hold back a little? No, -uh. now's not the time to hold back. Right now would be the right time Oh, let me, can I just be Chef Boyardee for a minute? Making sure my fingers are out of the way. I believe in God for miracles, but I... Talking about can can we 
Can we just believe that God, that God in this end time is, is saying, don't, don't limit the pot. Just get prepared for, for some miracles and get prepared for something powerful. I believe that Elisha was looking back and he said, I just remember this time when it didn't matter what it was like on the outside. I just knew that God was able to supply. So I'm not limiting it. I'm just opening the floodgates. Come on, that's what we're talking about. I love the large building, but I believe that God's going to fill it. So now is not the time for us to reserve and hold back. Right now is the time for us to believe God for something great. What's in the pot? What's in the pot? Too, too often we've just kind of limited. We're, we got a ration of just a little bit of, just a little bit in the pot. We're going to just kind of ration it out and we're going we're gonna to live limited. And we're, we're not going to get too, too fanatical and we're, we're not going to get too extravagant. We're, we're just going to, let's just be very reserved. That's what we're known for, so we can do that well. That, that's, that's the environment that we can operate in. That, that's why, come on, we're just going to wait until. We don't need that small vision. It's time. That's why Elijah said, get a great pot. Come on. Come on, sons of the prophets. If there's anything I learned, that the God... That's watching what we're doing right now. He's not limited. So go find everything you can find. Get what you got. Bring it because we're going to put it in the pot. It doesn't matter because I, I, I just believe that God's got more for tomorrow. He, he, what Elisha was doing was he was leaning back on that daily sustenance that God had brought. He remembered. He was there in Gilgal where God had already performed the miraculous. But it was because Egypt, Israel remembered what it was like when they came out of Egypt. And God provided manna every single day. There was enough for everybody. They didn't have to come on God was not limited he just kind of poured out rained it down from the heavens it was there don't be limited don't limit God just keep on adding because our world needs what we've got and, and Elijah he looked back and he said you know I, I just remember that when they, they didn't have any any water it was just bitter water but God made the bitter water sweet he, he looked back and he got a hold of every promise that he could and, and he just kind of let God perform the miracle no limits on God's provision. No limits on the miraculous extended arm of God. In the midst of famine, we got food. In the midst of darkness, we had light. In the midst of the desert, we had a rock that followed us. And water flowed from the rock. Come on, I'm reaching back to the history and the heritage that we've got. Because I'm bringing it into the present. I'm praising God for it. Because I know he's going to perform it in the future. I know that God's going to do it. So we're not going to live with a small pot. We're not just kind of fade off into oblivion. We're not going to fade off into the future. But we're going to believe that God has the greatest in store. So get a great pot ready. We can come back to the music. It was in that environment that well-meaning individual, verse 39, tells us about it. It says, and one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered thereof wild gourds, his lap full, and he came and he, he shred them into the pot. I don't really have time. I, I even have a little shredder here somewhere. 
he was <clears throat> doing what he knew to do. He just began to shred it into the pot. And you can tell that I'm not a chef now. We have other pastors that do not make messes on the platform. He got that wild vine gathered there of wild gourds, his gourds, his lap full, and came and he shred them into the pot with pottage, and they knew them not. They they didn't realize. They they thought they were doing the right thing, but it was some stuff that hadn't been proved. It was some things that hadn't been tested. Remind his church that we're not about to put things in the pot that we haven't tested. Come on, we want to have the spirit of David that stood before Saul and said, Saul, I'm sorry, the armor, it, it doesn't fit me. I know that, I know you got well intentions and I, I know that it's good ideas, but, but I haven't tested them. I haven't tried it. In our world, they can't afford to have the church just trying something that we don't know where. We got to go back to what we know we got to lean on our, our history and our heritage. And that's why some people say, well, you're a more traditional Pentecostal church, aren't you? And I said, absolutely. Yes, we are. Yes. Yes, we are traditional. Not in the idea of traditions, but in that it's been proven. It's been tried. Been through the fire. Come on. Weathered a few storms. Made it through to the other side we're talking about some doctrine that has carried us we're talking about we're not messing with hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord we're not come on we are not messing with that because that that's not just a tradition that's truth and truth is what sets you free and truth is what anchors you when the storm gets rough and truth is what you hold on to when everything else is shaking you. Don't, come on, don't mess with the truth. So there, it would even give us the idea that the pot had already been prepared. It says that that one that found those wild vines and those wild gourds came and shredded into the pot of pottage because they knew it not, but... It was already prepared. It was, it was all ready. It may have been the right idea, but it was the wrong ingredient. And so, in that moment, <clears throat> the food's dispersed and it's been prepared. Looks like the answer is coming, but when they poured it out for the men to eat, it came to pass that as they were eating of the pottage, that they cried out and said, Oh, thou man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat thereof. That is why we hold true to doctrine, and that's why we tr hold true to holiness, and that's why we hold on to separation, and, and that's why we stand for truth in this end time, because our world, come on, our world doesn't need us adding anything else to the pot that has not been tried, so... I'm not trying to get Wednesday night on Sunday morning, but, but would someone just say amen? Death in the pot. I, I don't know if you've ever had food poisoning or not. I can tell by a few laughs that some of you have. I, let me just tell you this. 
you don't wonder if you had food poisoning or not. You're not thinking like, oh, I don't, I may, uh, I remember, I, re I remember downtown Montreal, Harvey's. I had a hamburger. And on the subway, on the way back, there was some rumbling. And there was a, yeah, you just, you just know, how many have had food poisoning? You know where we were. You know where we were all, all that night. There was no rest, and the next day, I already made preparations to travel with the family back here to New Brunswick to see this beautiful piano player. And I remember sitting in the car with kids that were excited to be coming to New Brunswick, and I was just... You don't, you, don't, you don't try to remember if you had it. You know you had it. But there was death in the pot. And, and you thought, well, what a loss. What a tragedy. What, what, come on, what a horrible end of the sermon, Pastor Jack. You brought us to the height. And then come down off the mountain. But that's not the end of the story. Because the prophet knew that God wasn't going to let go of the promise that he had given. The prophet, come on, we need some men and women in this generation that know where God is leading us. I think that Elijah, Elisha, he, he kind of looked back and said, God, you led him with a pillar of fire by night and you led him with a pillar of cloud by day. Give us a little direction here. And, and so he wasn't hesitating. He said, bring me some meal. And the Bible says that he got some meal and he got that meal and he cast it into the pot. And the impossibility moves into the realm of possible. Because at that point when they said there's death in the pot, everybody else had just said, if I just stuck with my small pot, if I had just stayed with my small idea, if I had just stayed, come on, if I just prepared my own meal, if I if I just done what I knew to do, but but that isn't the realm of the miraculous. The miraculous says, God, get us ready for what you're going to do. Get us ready. And if we come on, if we make a mistake or we make a little, have a little problem, I've got enough of, a hold of enough of a promise that God said, we're gonna make it all right, we're gonna get things back. Back in order. None of us want death in the pot, but we do want a large pot mentality. And he pours it out for the people that they ate, and it ends this way. It says, and there was no harm in the pot. Could you stand together with me this morning? You say, how, how does this relate to my life? If you haven't yet opened up to the miracle, life-saving power of God. You're living with a small pot mentality. If you've not, come on. I, I, I love that Elisha, he kind of leaned back on his history and his heritage. He went with what he knew. Go with what you know. Go with what you know because it's what's going to carry you through. I, I won't forget. I, I remember. I don't even believe it was my idea initially, but it was Tammy Glue that had the idea that she wanted to get baptized. I was 
I think it was 1977, April of 77. There I was. But this girl wanted to get baptized, and so I said, I, I'd like to be baptized too. And, and so we went. That tank, and our, if you remember back in the day, I'm a, Brother Art and Buster, he had a big old pair of fishing waders. And they got right down in the tank with you. Now we're, we're so proper. We can keep everything all. We only get our shirt sleeve wet. And I, I remember the moment because it was a transforming moment. It went from small pot to what could God do. It went from limited mentality to believing God for the impossible. It went from insignificance and insecure to believing that God, come on, that God, that miracle working God that we prayed to and sung about and preached about this morning was now working on our behalf and, and I have a testimony. Come on, I, I've got a testimony 44 years later of that God doesn't abandon and that God doesn't release you and that God doesn't let you go and everything's not perfect and, and God's still working and God's still moving. So in these moments, I lean back on those promises and I say, you don't have to worry. We can believe God for great things. He won't let you go. Come on, I can... I can tell you about salvation. I can tell you about repentance, that God brings forgiveness and baptism, that God washes every sin away because I've lived it. I, I went from a little pot of all by myself to the greatness of God at work in lives. That's what I know. And so we can, with great faith and confidence today, say that God can do the same thing in your life. I watched... Jeff Mallory's podcast, the CCC podcast, The Conversation, this week, Pastor Matt was interviewing him, talking to him about his cancer journey, and I feel the help that comes from God right now. I wish that someone would just begin to kind of intercede for some needs that we've been praying about because faith is rising in the room. Come on, I listen, I listen to Brother Mallory talk about how that the doctor sent him home to die. That's what they did. They sent him home to die. They sent him home with 21 pounds of tumors in his body. They said the, 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 the tumors were just encircling organs and there isn't anything that we can do. And we've tried the latest groundbreaking medication and, and nothing has worked. We're, we're just releasing you to the inevitable. We're just releasing you to what, come on, come on, to what, to what man could do. We're just releasing you. It's time to go home and prepare those last moments with your family. It's just time. And come on, it was a doctor's report. It was, it was a professional's report. It was, it, was the, it was the greatest doctors of the day's report. And so they just sent him home. My brother Mallory, he said, I, I know I needed, I needed a touchstone for the future. I, I needed a moment where my wife and I could look back. And, and he said, what if? The doctor's wrong. I know up until now, they've been right. I know that everything that they've done, everything that they've said has happened according to their timeline, according to their calendar, according to their predictions, according to their calculations. I know, he said, I know, but what if? I tell you what Brother Mallory did. Brother Mallory said, I'm going to put away the small pot. What if? But what if they're wrong? What if right now, just when I need a miracle, they're wrong? What if? 
What if we get a big pot out? What if? What if God turns it all around and he said, he went home. This isn't some far off story in a storybook somewhere. This man was in our pulpit last month because of the promise of God. Because the pot was greater. He said, what if, what if, what if we just believe that God is going to do it? What if we believe that the miracle is going to happen? What if? So CCC, I'm just preaching a little faith this morning. What if the doctor's wrong? What if, come on, what if we've been too limited? What if we've held back? What if we've been held down? I wish someone would say, what if they're all wrong? But God's right. What's in your pot? Because I tell you, I tell you what was in the doctor's diagnosis pot. Death. Death's in the pot. Prophet, death is in the pot. The death's in the pot. But we just need someone that will get a hold of the promise of God and turn it around a little bit and say, well, what if? What if they're all wrong? What if, come on, what if we just got the wrong perspective right now? What if we've been looking at the wrong pot? What if it's time that I wish someone would just take that and put it in the back hall and that we just declare, God, we're going for greatness. We're believing you for the impossible. Of what if thinking what if we're on the precipice of the greatest revival that we've ever seen what if what if God's about ready to release signs and wonders and miracles like we've never had before what if what if baptismal waters are going to be stirred every single service? What if? What if the anointing rests in this room until every shackle is broken, until every bondage is loose? What if? What if God starts working beyond the building in our community? What if? I wish someone would just shout, what if? Come on, somebody shout it by faith. What if? He said 21 pounds in one day fell off of his body. He went back in to see the professionals that had just sent him to home to die. He was an atheist. And he said it in the best way that he could. Now I could use the small pod. He said we have never seen mass cell destruction at this level before. You see, he was doing everything he could to try and get the ingredients of the small pot in the little pot. But we all know it was nothing but a mess by the time the doctor was finished because Brother Mallory knew that God had performed a miracle. We know today a God that can perform that kind of miracle for Lane. We know that God can perform that kind of miracle for your dad. We know, God, we know. We know, Brother Price, if you're listening right now, we're making declaration, God, you can. I just 
just need someone to shout, what if? Come on, what if they're all wrong and God's got it right? There's a call. There's a call in the room back to Gilgal. In this time of famine, of the word of God, we need to be the church that's prepared with a feast of God's word and promise for people. Because what happened with the school of the prophets wasn't limited to them. If you'll continue reading through the chapter, God's not finished. There's a man that shows up with his tithe in the midst of the famine. He's tithing in the midst of the greatest lack that there is. He's brought his gift and he brings 20 loaves to the man of God. And he brings it to the man of God and the man of God says, we're going to use this. We're going to use this little bit to feed all of these people. And the man's got doubt. But Elisha's just been through the big pot experience. And Elisha says, well, just get ready because there's not only just going to be enough, but we are going to have leftovers. And so they take the loaves and they distribute it among the hundred people. And there's more left over because God made up for all of the lack. So what happened initially for the prophets became for the people. And I came this morning to remind us that if God will start with us right here. Come on. If we'll get rid of small pot mentality, then God can take this and multiply it for the people. And the miracle, come on, someone prophesy with me for a moment. And the miracle isn't going to be limited to the room. And it's not going to be restricted to the building. But it's going to flow out. It's going to flow down streets. It's going to flow into neighborhoods. It's going to impact cities. It's going to impact provinces. It's going to impact our nation. That's what's going to happen if a church will just not limit God. Come on, faith is in the room right now. I don't know if there's somebody here that you need prayer for a need in your body right now. I wish you'd just come. We're, we're not going to take a long time, but I wish you'd just come. Just march. Someone, someone make your way between the aisles. Someone press your way between where the old pews used to be and just come. Say, I need a, I need a touch of God in my body. I need a touch of God in my mind. I need a touch of God in this service this morning. Is, is anybody here? If you got a need, just come with your need. Come. Come because I, I believe that God's, come on, faith is rising in the room this morning. I, I believe that healing is going to happen. Come right up. Come as close as you can. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray in the name of Jesus. I brought oil with me this morning. Come on, no observers. I just wish every believer would begin to pray. Pray because we're believing God for a miracle. Someone get in the aisle. You may not be coming. You may not be coming for prayer this morning, but would someone just get in the aisle and begin to move? Because I literally felt angelic help in here this morning. I felt the brush of angels' wings, and I wish someone would just begin to stop praying because we need miracles and signs and wonders to begin to occur in our midst.
what the need is, but come right up, come right up. Come on, look at the need. That's why we can't have a small pot. our worship team just to begin praying in the Holy Ghost. I wish our sound room would begin praying in the Holy Ghost. I wish our, come on, everybody on camera begin praying in the Holy Ghost. Everybody in the balcony begin praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, let it rise. Let it rise. ask our ministers to see Alex. We're going to anoint heads with oil this morning. We're going to pray that healing would come, that deliverance would happen, that miracles would occur. If you want to stand in the gap for somebody, you're welcome to come. I feel the help that's coming from the Lord here right now.